Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. It's time for Come and Talk It with your host, Michael Cargill, brought to you by Texas Law Shield. Over the last decade, Michael has championed and supported the rights of law-abiding Texans to own and use firearms. He is the owner of Central Texas Gunworks, a veteran of the United States Army, and has achieved national exposure in such prestigious media outlets such as Forbes Magazine, Fox Business News, CNN Money, AOL, BBC World News, Huffington Post, and the New York Times. Cargill vigorously defends lawful gun ownership in this country without regard to party politics. And now, here's Michael Cargill. Good day, Austin, Texas, the live music capital of the world. Let's praise the Lord and pass the ammunition. All right, so today I want to talk about, man, there's an incident in that happened where these kids, teenagers, actually robbed an Uber driver, Uber Eats driver. I want to show that video, talk about that. Also want to talk about, man, I want to talk about the, um, a one-year-old was shot and killed. Um, by a Houston police officer. Well, no, I'm sorry. Let me correct that. A one-year-old was shot, and the guy that the police officer was chasing was actually killed. Let me make sure I say that right. So Houston police officer were chasing a guy. I guess he was wanted for something, and they end up. This guy ended up jumping into a vehicle while a mother was actually putting gas in her car. Her one-year-old kid was sitting in the back seat in a car seat. And the Houston police officer shot and killed the guy, the bad guy. And also, in doing so, he shot and injured the one-year-old baby. He shot this baby in the head. And my question is, I've actually contacted the Houston Police Union, because I would like for them to come on the show and, and tell me, you know, should this police officer be charged with deadly conduct because he negligently shot an innocent person? And I want you to think about this. Before you call me and tell me I hate the police and send me little hate messages and all that kind of stuff. By the way, I do not care. I own more guns than most people, so I really don't care. But before you call me and you tell me, Michael, you've been mean to law enforcement, here's what I want you to think about. If someone's trying to break into my car and there's one of my neighbors that are outside walking their dog and I shoot this person trying to break into my car. And while in the process of me shooting this person trying to break into my car, I actually shoot also that neighbor who's walking their dog. Should I be charged with deadly conduct? I want you to think about that. Because just because you're a police officer doesn't mean you get a pass. You don't get a pass. That's negligent if you shoot an innocent person. You should go to jail, don't drop the soap, and you should be sued as well. You should not get a pass. And I want you to call me and tell me that I'm wrong. Don't even think about it because I'm not going to we're not going to play this game today. I'm not going to play with you. The bottom line is this officer should go to jail. 
So call me. My telephone number is 512-643-5483. That's 512-643-5483. The angry black guy in the red shirt. Call me and tell me what you got to say. I want to talk about that. I want to talk about the, you know, this little, this case of these teenagers, these teenage girls, and I don't know who your parents are. And I don't blame, you know, and I don't see us blaming cars for the problem. I don't see us blaming Uber for the problem. You know what? But whenever someone uses a gun, we always want to blame the gun as the problem. Well, these teenage girls tried to steal a car from a Uber East driver. This guy is trying to provide for his family. They tried to steal his vehicle, end up stealing his vehicle, um, tasing this guy, and then killing this guy by flipping the vehicle over while trying to steal it from him, end up killing him. That's when you pull your gun out and you send them straight to Jesus. That's what you do. Stop playing games with these people. You know what? By the time you call the police, the police are going to be there in enough time to fill out a report. I'm tired of this. Stop playing games with these people. I don't. If you can't raise your children, you can't raise your kids, you know what? We're going to send them to hell for you. That's what we should do. Stop playing games with these people. The police are not going to be there enough time to save you. The only time the police are going to get there is enough time to fill out a report. The game's over. I'm taking off the gloves. I'm sick and tired of this. What should I tell people that take my license to carry handgun course? What should I tell them? I'm sick and tired of telling people, let's take the upper hand. Let's be the better person. Let's try to defuse the situation. I'm sick and tired of that. I've had enough. Send them straight to hell where they belong because their parents don't have sense enough to raise good kids. Tell me I'm wrong. My telephone number is 512-643-5483. Call me and tell me. All right, you're on Come and Talking. John, Gerald, Texas, what do you got to say? Hey, Michael. Um, I love your show, by the way. And, uh, you know, I'm I'm a CHL holder, and I'm, I'm an avid believer in not doing anything like what you're referring to. <laughs> but the, the, the big thing is, is, like, the way you described it wasn't very detailed. And so for me, there's a lot of questions where, like, if I was on a jury actually prosecuting somebody, it would have to be a lot more detailed for me to be like, this 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 person really screwed up they were not doing the the proper procedures and um you know i mean it literally it could have went into that guy like he killed him right it could have went into him and fragmented off a bone and went five degrees to the side and kill and and hit the or hit the baby so there's a little bit more on like the the thought process on where it, rather than just getting upset about it, and and you know what it is dangerous and it's okay for danger to be around in life, and sometimes accidents happen, but if they're preventable, they're preventable. But again, the details aren't there to support. I guess your your. Uh, 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 zealousness. All right. So, so you tell me, me, you know, when something happens, doesn't matter where I am. I don't care where I am, whether I'm walking down the street, whether I'm getting gas, whether I'm in a store, grocery store, I'm in 7-Eleven on the corner putting, you know, doing whatever. You tell me if someone is doing something where they're committing aggravated kidnapping, murder, sexual assault, aggravated sexual assault, robbery, aggravated robbery, they're committing burglary, they're robbing someone, aggravated robbery, then you, and if I stop this person, 
in the process of me mm-hmm. stopping them, I stopped yeah. them successfully, but then I accidentally shoot and injure someone else. You tell me that I'm I should not be held responsible for that. That's what I thought. I, well, it's it's a circumstantial thing where it's it's one of those things where like let, let's say you're in a convenience store, right? Okay. And you happen to go up and you're you you know somebody pulls a gun on you, right? And you're able to like the the guns waved off of you and you're able to draw your weapon and shoot and you shoot twice, right? You shot and you shoot the bad guy one time, but then you shoot the clerk on accident. And that's like standing because he dove to the side. You know, and you can see it. You know, it's it's one of those circumstantial things where nobody. I mean, you you couldn't have predicted that. No, but we you know what we call that's that. That's where you know what we call that. We call that deadly conduct. That's what we call that. We call that negligence. Well, yeah, that's but, being negligent. And, and, and that's you deadly know what? conduct. You know and what? That, the, and the, all the, that the is a felony. Well, but I I, I call it reality it, it, it these things will happen if you if you're in that situation and stuff happens life happens all right come on hold get- on a sec john we also call that deadly conduct we call that a felony we call that when you go to jail don't drop the soap this is michael cargill and you are listening to come and talking peace this is Maj Ture. you're listening to come and talk at radio with michael cargill Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Austin's Talk, 1370. Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now, here's Michael Cargill. Oh, 
Alright, so we're looking at a this is the Uber Eats carjacking where two young ladies who are teenagers actually steal a car, hijack a car from a Uber Eats driver. You know, this guy's trying to provide for his family. They I want to say they tase this guy. They jump into his vehicle, take his vehicle from him. He's hanging on to the vehicle for dear life. They drive down the street and ends up flipping the vehicle over, ejecting this guy from beside the vehicle, killing him. And, you know, it's time to take the gloves off is what I'm saying. Enough is enough. People, you need to arm yourself because by the time the police get there, they're only going to be able to fill out a report. They're not going to be there to save you. It is up to you to protect yourself, protect your family, and protect your property because and your way of life because – this needs to stop. Enough is enough. And because parents don't have the sense enough to raise kids the right way, you know, we don't blame the parents. We're not saying, look, what, what did you do? Why, how do you not? These are teenagers. How do you not have a grasp on your teenagers and where they are and what they're doing, who they're hanging with? You are a sorry excuse for a parent. So you know what we're going to do? We're going to send them to hell for you because you can't take care of them. That's what I'm saying. Enough is enough. Take the gloves off. I'm sick and tired of it. I, I, how do I stand in front of my LTC class and tell my students we need to defuse the situation? We need to use conflict resolution. You know, I, I feel terrible saying that. I really do. Enough is enough. But I still, I will still do it. I will still stand there and say this. But in this, on this radio show, we need to take the gloves off. Send them straight where they belong because the parents don't have sense enough to raise kids. And if you think I'm wrong, call me. My telephone number is 512-643-5483. That is 512-643-5483. Also in Houston, Texas, police officer chasing a bad guy. This bad guy jumps into a vehicle while the mother is pumping gas at the gas station. This police officer shoots and kills the bad guy and then shoots the one-year-old child sitting in the back seat in a car seat. In the head. In the head. In the head. He should go to jail for deadly conduct and be sued. And the police department and the city should be sued. If you think I'm wrong, call me up, 512-643-5483. Because if I was in that same situation where someone was stealing my vehicle or stealing, you know, someone else's vehicle, and I jumped in and I intersected in that, and I shot this bad guy, but in the process of me shooting the bad guy, I shoot an innocent person, I would go to jail, people. That's the bottom line. It is called daily conduct, is what it's called, and I would be sued. Why should a police officer be held to such a covered state, you know, a covered state of mind where they're protected? They should not be protected. You should know better. As a police officer, you should be held to a much higher standard. Much higher standard. You should not get a pass because you're a police officer. You should know better. That is called daily conduct. If you don't know better, then who in the heck does? My telephone number is 512-643-5483. That's right. I'm the black guy in the red shirt who's angry right now. And I'm pissed off. Let me bring to the conversation my guest. Uh, I'm sorry. Rhonda, you there? Yes, I'm here. How are you doing today? Rhonda, I'm hot. I'm sorry. I apologize. I'm going to bring it down a little bit. 
okay. <laughs> All right, so Rhonda, I want to welcome you to the show. You are a gun rights activ activist, and tell and Rhonda, please tell us where do you uh, where where do you come from? So my name is Rhonda Mary. I am a YouTuber and a Second Amendment advocate. Um, and I basically try to inspire young women, particularly women in my demographic, to become armed, um, to learn more about the Second Amendment, and not only that, but advocate for it, um, because that's something that it just hasn't been a big discussion around it for people that, that look like me, unfortunately. It just has not. And so it's something that I've recently learned about after my own altercation, and that's why I've been spreading the message about it far and wide as I can. And tell us about your altercation. What happened to make you decide, you know what, enough is enough. I need to get a gun and, and learn what the laws are and protect myself. So actually, interestingly uh, enough, I was in a hit and run slash uh, road rage type of altercation where at one point during that altercation, um, the guy got out of his car, walked up to my window and me being a very just, you know, typically like happy go lucky and some turn in some, you know, aspects very sheltered. I'm thinking at this point, you know, the guy would just. Uh, walk up and ask for my insurance, even though, you know, it was only moments before he was acting like he wasn't going to stop and was trying to run me off the road. Um, he walked up to my car. He was so close to me. I can remember seeing the ring around his eyes. And, um, you know, he was just cursing me because he didn't like the way I was driving on the road. And um, he eventually walked away from my car. But in that moment, I didn't know what could happen. It could have went anyway. And I remember being on the phone with my friend at that time. I had him on a car phone and I was just telling him like, if something happens to me, cause this was on a Sunday, my parents were at church. I was headed to have brunch with my girlfriends. And I just remember telling my friend on the phone, like, you know, just tell my mom I was on the side of the road, let her know what happened. And that was just the whole entire situation from him trying to, you know, uh, dr you know, basically drive me off the road going like over 70 miles per hour up until him walking to my car uh you know it was just a very scary situation that could have went badly and uh I just remember when I was making a police report it was a black female officer and she was like you didn't have a gun and I was like no. And she was like, I would have said I fear for my life. Right. And now looking back, that absolutely was not the right time to use my firearm. That would have been a perfect time to deescalate. There are things that I could have done differently, but these are all things that I've learned now that I've taken upon myself to get trained and to learn more about the ways that the avenues I can take to, to protect myself in a situation like that. All right. So and, and tell us. So what do you do now? So do you you teach classes? Tell me, what do you do? So basically, I'm a I'm a YouTuber. So I help people like all over the country stay abreast on what's going on with different legislation and things like that. Um, I talk about some of like the safety aspects of it. Um, basically like an influencer. I have women from all over the country that email me, DM me about linking them up, helping them connect with uh, uh, trainers and people that uh, do gun advocacy in their areas. So basically, I would say in a lot of regards, I'm a, a 2A influencer. Okay. And, and, and so you also have a radio show, right? 
No, just I have my YouTube. YouTube? Okay. All right, so tell me, what do you think about universal background checks? You've heard about that? Yes, I have heard about that. Um, I just don't trust a, a government that has not been able to win the drug war that they started, that we know resulted in a lot of people uh, uh, being in prison. I just don't have faith that, you know, whatever they have up their sleeve or all of these overreaching things that they want to do that they can accomplish. I just have not seen anything from the government that would give me faith in this system of if they remove guns from good people like me that's not out to hurt anybody or even making it harder for people like me that you know aren't out to hurt anybody that you know most we want to do is just protect ourselves I just don't see that that's the best solution particularly when you when you can see for example tying it back to to the drug war People, when you have people that want to commit crime, particularly violent crime and things like this, a lot of the uh, a lot of the punishment is on the back end, not the front end. If someone wants to break a law, they're going to do so, particularly when it comes to being violent. People are not just, you know, regular everyday people like me are not violent people. It doesn't matter what kind of gun we own, how much, uh, uh, what type of mag capacity it has or anything else. It's not going to make me a violent person just by owning this tool alone. So I think instead of talking about these, you know, universal background checks, we really need to talk about the root cause causes of violence all right we're talking with Rhonda mary Rhonda mary is a gun rights activist she's also a youtuber we're talking about gun rights we're talking about different shootings that have happened around the country this is michael cargill and you are listening to come and talk it hey this is awr hawkins bright park news and you're listening to come and talk it with michael cargill T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. 
Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Austin's Talk 1370. Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now here's Michael Cargill. That's right. We're talking about activism. We're talking about gun activism. We're talking about black families. We're talking about no-knock raids. We're talking about constitutional carry. You know, should the black community get involved in constitutional carry? We're talking about some gun-related homicides. Talking about that Uber driver who was murdered by teenage girls. We're talking about a Houston police officer who shot a one-year-old baby in the head while trying to shoot a bad guy. Should he be charged with deadly conduct? Should he or should he not? Should he get a pass? Is it okay? Do things happen? Oops, my bad. I shot your one-year-old kid. Oops, my bad. Nothing to see here. Let's move along. She was just ignored. Let it go. That's what we're talking about. We also have on the on Skype Rhonda Mary. She's a gun rights activist. And Rhonda, where do you, where do you hail from? Where are you from? You in Maryland, D.C., Washington? I'm Mississippi. Mississippi. Oh yep. shoot! Now Mississippi. Oh Lord, have mercy. All right. So yeah, when I go through Mississippi, I'm not gonna lie to you, Rhonda. I go through Mississippi. I go there. I go there during the daytime. I don't drive through Mississippi at night. Oh please stop. <laughs> Yeah, I don't fool around, but we hammer down. We go through that during the daytime. We and I, I, treat, I, I treat it like a sundown town. <laughs> Way too many movies. Way too many movies. It's all. It's okay now. Um, I let me tell you. Uh huh. That's that's what I thought. <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me tell you, I've had no problems. Every time I see, I'm just gonna keep it real. Every time I see black people getting whooped on, whether it's by the police. Or whoever is somewhere in California, <laughs> New York. You don't see that. You don't see video videos of us floating around having any problems. I don't care if that's because everybody, you know, is chill. Everybody's like it's like a southern hospitality thing. People mind their business. You know, it's it's a mix of all of that. But uh, here's what I, okay, I, I'm gonna explain it to you. Here's here's what I think. This is just my personal opinion. In Mrs. you know, you know, in the South, you know who likes you, who don't like you. The problem is when you're in New York, you're in California, the people who you think like you really don't like you, and they pretend like mm-hmm. they like you. But down mm-hmm. in the South, oh, you know, there's a clear understanding. I don't, I don't like you. I don't like your people. I don't like where you come from. I don't like nothing about you. And, we, and there's an understanding about that. And I respect that gangster. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I-, <laughs> I respect that gangster right there. Even with that, I think it's more, you know, rare than people would like to believe typically in more uh um like casual spaces people are just chill and minding their business right so it's kind of like as long as you stay on your yard i'll stay <laughs> on my type thing you know well let, let me bring in my son who's from the uk so what do you hey, think how's it going 
Uh, I mean, okay. I, Mississippi is a place I've never been to, um, but I am quite eager to go there. But I have heard a ton of um, <laughs> quite scary stories about people traveling through there. So um, no. I have to admit, I am in I am in Michael's boat. I think um, who knows? Maybe maybe we can drive through together. We should go on a road trip. We, uh, you know, you <laughs> scare me because if we get pulled out police, you you go off. <laughs> There's like we, your, we your, his, 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 wait, hold on. His eyes changed, <laughs> and then he gets he gets tunnel vision. And he starts like going in on it. And I'm like, no, you are gonna get us both killed. <laughs> We have the best food. And as long as you're just a decent person, like, just don't be a jerk to people. And you will gen generally be good. I'm telling you, I every single time I travel to visit friends, I encounter some of the worst, meanest people. And then it always has to click. I have to remember, like, dang, Rhonda, like, you're not in the South anymore. Because I meet the meanest people when I travel elsewhere, when I travel to bigger cities, you know, when I travel to more liberal cities and stuff like that, more liberal states. Mm -mm. Like you, this I, is like the New York and uh, New York and LA, you kind of find that yes. people are a little more abrasive. Yes. Now, do you know what I put that to? I feel that's because of gun ownership. Right, I feel it's because when when you have we're like in Texas, when you know that pretty much everyone has a gun in their car, right, and you know mm -hmm. tons of people are carrying. I feel like people are more uh, like you, you can't go off on people like you can in New York. Because in New York, you can do what you want. You know that person hasn't got a gun. <laughs> like, what are you going to do? do right. Spray me with bear mace? <laughs> right. When so, I go to New York, D.C., Philly, even in Cali, like, it's just been a different. It's like sometimes I have to. Because my immediate reaction is to sometimes think like that's rude like why would you act like that and then i have to remember like y'all don't even be knowing y'all rude <laughs> <laughs> so i just have to you know come back home <laughs> that's kind of how it is did you know that mississippi has one of the highest homicide rates in the country <laughs> i did not know that see See, that's Zach. Zach's a lover, so you know. Zach, <laughs> and see, Zach loves women from all around the world. <laughs> I don't want you to get murdered. That's okay? right. He wants you to be safe. I think just like I think mostly just like in other areas, a lot of times when you look at the numbers and the breakdowns of homicide, a lot of that is done by a uh, um, recidivist, right? That's usually done where you have like a criminal element, but you know, and, and yes, do you have these random shootings? Do you have people that'll, you know, uh, uh, maybe just want to wanting to go to the gas station or go to the grocery store that may be robbed or something like that? Yes. Right. But a lot of times what we see is the people in, going in and out of the prison systems for things like homicide and criminal behavior, it's a very high recidivism rate. So I'm not walking around like every single day in fear for my life, even though, you know, like I said, I've taken steps to protect myself, but I'm not living in some bubble of just being scared of everybody. Right. And then, go ahead. Most of the murders happen in the city of Jackson. Oh, mm -hmm. na nasty Jackson. Yeah, that's true. I believe that. And so what happens very similar to like uh, what you'll see in like Chicago, what you'll see in different parts of New York and things like that, yep. where you have a 
um, high population of black people, you do have those higher homicide rates. But we also need to talk about how in these areas, you also typically have higher levels of gun control, right? And then you also have this narrative, like with me, that good people shouldn't arm themselves. So like I said, when you have this criminal element, especially amongst people that are recidivist, you don't have the good people knowing, okay, guns aren't just for gangsters, school shooters, and white supremacists. People that look like me, you can also arm yourself because what happens is if people start to know that other people are armed, we're not going to play with you, we're ready to protect ourselves, they're going to think twice about, do I really want to run in this person's spot and try to commit this crime? No, most criminals are looking for the most vulnerable victims off top. And so those victims just happen to be in the inner cities. They aren't in the rural areas. Yeah, something we like to say on the show is that, yeah, something we like to say on the show is that more guns equals less crime. Right. Right. And so if you go into a city and the only people that have guns are the people committing the crimes, you're going to see that reflected in the homicide rate and in in the prison population. Yeah, that's a problem. All right. So it's absolutely I, a problem. Hey, so Rhonda, so let's talk about no knock raids. You know, what are your things about what are your, your thoughts about that? Like the Brianna Taylor shooting? Um, I'm absolutely 100% against no-knock raids. Um, I c- c- pretty much consider myself a constitutionalist. Um, I believe in the right to privacy. I believe that uh, a officer should have a warrant before they can just enter your home. I believe that they should have to knock and uh, uh, make you aware that they're getting ready to enter your home. And also, let's also have a little bit of conversation about this lazy police work you should i believe you should have enough to build a case where you shouldn't even have to run an old body spot unannounced why what is this oh we gotta just catch them in this one particular moment because this is gonna be the end all be all for our case Like, that doesn't sound like good police work to me. So I feel like you should have enough that whatever you're trying to walk into their home, unless unless somebody's life is in imminent danger and they're being held hostage within that home. But this whole, oh, let me go in here to find some drugs. Like, I, I just, I'm not already not a fan of the drug war. It's been one of the, the uh, biggest failures, you know, of, of the government. Um, a lot of money spent, a lot of money wasted. They haven't been able to get uh, drugs off the streets, just like I don't believe or have faith that they will be able to get guns off the streets. You know what I mean? So I absolutely find No Not Warrants problematic. All right. Just so you know, I call in numbers 512-643-5483. That's 512-643-5483. Come and talk it and give us a call and let's talk to Rhonda and ask Rhonda some questions that you have of her. All right. So, Rhonda, tell me what your thoughts about constitutional carry. You say you're a constitutionalist. So what about constitutional carry? Do you support that? I do support. I do support constitutional carry. Um, just, you know, I mean, basically what I said earlier, it's no, 
amount of ammunition or it's no amount of weaponry that's going to turn me into some crazed uh, a psycho that walks into a grocery store and hurts people. It's not going to happen. Um, what we, uh, what we do have to be careful of is, you know, I, I do understand that, that trauma and trauma related to, to violence and people being hurt with guns, that is a real thing. And so we do want to be empathetic to people that have experienced that. I've experienced that myself. I've had, uh, um, two people close to me, one that was shot and one that was killed due to simple negligence. That's why I think, uh, things like teaching, safety gun safety is so important and you would see some of the rates of violence as it relates to, to uh guns or uh incidents as it relates to guns drop drastically just by simple um gun safety but also we do have to remember that yes we're also in a time where we do unfortunately have people a lot of people dealing with mental issues and that's where the community aspect comes in it that's where um um um, um doctors or uh, therapists being able to have these conversations early without being um overreaching or judgmental also we have nonprofit organizations that work with people and um as in regards to uh you know trying to help veterans trying to help people that may be suicidal and things like that all right so we're talking with Rhonda Mary she she's a gun rights activist out of Mississippi we're talking about gun rights talking about gun rights for women gun rights for men gun rights for everybody. We're talking about no-knock raids, talking about constitutional care. We're talking about an Uber driver murdered by teenage girls. We're talking about the Houston police officer who shot a one-year-old baby sitting in a car seat in a vehicle while trying to shoot the bad guy. And also, I want to ask Rhonda, we come back from the break, you know, what about those people that say, you know, well, you know, well, they were a good guy until they walked into the store and committed that crime. So how do we prevent that? Can we regulate crazy? Can we and can we you know, what do we say about Chicago? Chicago, there's so much crime in Chicago. So can we you know, what do we do about other states? People getting those guns from other places. We're going to talk about that and more. This is Michael Cargill and you are listening to Come and Talk It. This is Coley on the War and you're listening to Come and Talk It with Michael Cargill. Talk 1370, the right choice. Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now here's Michael Cargill. All right, we're talking with Rhonda Mary, gun rights activist, a YouTuber. And Rhonda was talking to us about, we're talking about, you know, gun rights. She's out of Mississippi. And so we've been going around the country and talking with gun rights activists all around this nation because I want people to know that, you know, some people think, you know, here we are in Texas and Austin. They're like, oh, you're the only black guy that talks about gun stuff. Well, that's not true. You know, there are a lot of people around this country that talks about that talk about guns. They're talking about the Second Amendment. And I want to introduce you to those two people. We go to we've gone to Florida. We've gone to Georgia. We've been in, you know, Alabama. We've you know, we go to we've gone to Maryland. We've gone to Washington, D.C. We've gone to Philadelphia. You know, we travel. We're traveling around the world, around the country, I should say. And introduce you to, you know, gun rights activists that are out there. So we're talking with Rhonda Mary, 
and Rhonda. So tell me, what do we say to people that say, you know, in Chicago, you know, you know, we in Chicago, there's a lot of crime happening in Chicago. So what do we, you know, do with those people that are, you know, committing crimes in Chicago? You know, because there's a lot going on there. We cannot have a conversation with that about violence without talking about some of the root causes of those of that violence. Um, first of all, when you have really strict gun laws that prevent good people from being able to protect themselves and you have an area where criminals know and are going to be on the attack for the most vulnerable population, when you have certain areas that stifle the economy um, of these areas, when you have particularly like we just came out of a or well, basically just came out of a lockdown, but we could see the reasons why during a COVID lockdown, when you put half of the country out of work, that will result in it. And we know that the strictest lockdowns were in what? More liberal areas. So it only makes sense that in these areas, you will also see crime skyrocket after you put half of the country out of the work and things like this, um, mental health issues. And it's a lot that goes into why people uh perpetuate violence i think that a couple of things we do is first of all talk about some of those issues um but as well as making sure that we are a hundred percent i am a hundred percent on board for uh punishing and locking away anybody that kills or hurts anyone unjustly uh, uh particularly with a firearm and I, I don't even think it matters right a tool is a tool i think uh maybe your son will know this i think this is somewhere in the uk they're talking about banning pepper spray now or something like that um and so i i just also don't i don't believe that a lot of these politicians have any real interest on using this as, as a tactic to, to save lives. I think it's more about a, a, a control thing. Because if it wasn't, we wouldn't just be sitting here talking about the tool. We would be talking about some of the other uh, avenues that lead to criminality and violence. Son? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I I pretty much agree with a lot of the things you're saying there. Um, like namely about the legislative like ban like bans, um, especially with regard to um after every mass shooting, it appears that there's a load of like legislation brought on the books, um, and none of them seem to actually directly address like any of the root causes of, of like gun violence in this country, um, like whether that be uh, the mental health side, like you say, or um, you know, or or just um, you know, gang violence and or, like criminal behavior. Um, so yeah, I, I'm very kind of skeptical that more legislation is going to like solve the problem. I mean, I think some of that we haven't talked about today is the fact that we're like two months into the Biden presidency and we've already had like what three mass shootings or what something like that. Yeah. Do you have any idea of the numbers? Oh yeah, it's it's in, in, because it, the media what they do is they we and I forgot my notes. You know, someone there's someone that listens to the show that sends me newspaper clippings all the time, and they sent me some stuff on suicide, and I forgot to bring that with me. Uh, and I have to talk about this next Sunday, but you know the media will always discuss you know shootings. They're talking about you know whenever there's a shooting, they want to relate it to mass shooting, you know, and they want to say mass shooting depending on who the person is doing the shooting. That mm -hmm. that's really important. It depends on who the person is actually doing the shooting, and they relate it to a mass shooting. But then when it comes to like suicides, like last year, 2020, you know, the pandemic, the country shut down. There were a lot of people that committed suicide in this country. But the media, they won't discuss that. They won't discuss those numbers. Right. 
except to bring it up when it's time to relate it to guns if someone used a gun to kill themselves. Mm-hmm. Then they'll bring those numbers up. But until then, they, they won't discuss it because I asked them, why won't you discuss suicides and, and how do we prevent suicide? Because the reason of the suicides is because of the pandemic, because the country shut down and we, we, we took away people's ability to go to church and fellowship with, you know, in their church, you know, uh, relate to whoever they can relate to. We took all that away from them. And so all they had, they, they set people literally set at home by themselves you know, depress and commit suicide. Yeah, for sure. And they won't discuss that and, and the root cause of that issue. But when there's a gun involved, they want to bring up the gun. Yeah, and the other good thing about with, with this mass shooting stuff is like whenever you look at um, mass, if you look at any of the school shooters and that the media never seems to talk about, is that every I, I haven't done any ton of research on this, but the cursory like lookup that I've done, it appears that like every school shooter is on antidepressant drugs. It's like all, all, all those kids who do who do school shootings. They've all they're all kids who are on like Ritalin. They all have they they all get ADHD medication. They're all on Zans. They're all on antidepressants, and that seems to be the driving factor. Like all, there seems to be a, 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 um, a common thread between all of these mass shootings. That like they're all weird kids who've been drugged up their entire life, and then they something flips in their head and they think, right, let's light up a classroom. Right, and people think that you but know, like I'm sorry, go ahead, go ahead, Rondo. But believe it or not, I, I think that we're going to get to a point where they even push that. I think, I don't know if y'all have noticed this, but it almost seemed as recently it's become popular for people to brag or or boast about being mentally ill. Mm. Like, like it's the new thing to do. You know, I'm not saying that, you know, people just can't get therapy for whatever reasons that we deal with, stress and things like that. But even this, this, you know, just out the gate way that therapists and even doctors are like, just want to put people on medicine. You know what I mean? Just, yeah, not just, just I think that as well. I think there's this, there's this massive movement with, with mental health. And although like, I definitely like the objectives to it, I think it's also kind of harmful in a way because it me- makes everybody wants to be a victim. Everyone wants to be someone who's depressed. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, and um, another thing, far away. I'm sorry. Another thing that's going to happen is with this, um, I can't even remember which bill it was, but it was one of the bills where uh, you're supposed to have someone from your state do this interview, uh, the, the secretary of, um, it's not the secretary of state, uh, um, attorney general or something uh, that's supposed to basically with you along with a doctor or physician decide if you are uh, able to protect yourself, right? Mm. And what's what's what are gonna be the key measures between somebody that's like, look, yeah, it, I'm a veteran and I served and I just need a little bit of help, but I'm not suicidal. I'm certainly not crazy or anything else y'all are trying to paint me as. But if this doctor is saying, well, as long as I'm prescribing you this drug, you don't need that gun, hand it over, give me that. Like what, you know, what type of precedent are we setting and where do we draw the line as far as, you know, because even my sister, my sister is a, is a gun owner. So is her husband. Her husband uh, works away offshore. He's gone for weeks and weeks at a time. And she mm. went through a small stint of depression, postpartum after the baby. Yeah. Do I get to tell her that even though I know your husband is gone away, you live back in this rural area, you know, down this road by yourself, you don't deserve to protect yourself. Mm. 
Yeah, I mean, I think the, the mental health issue is, de is definitely like very, very, very difficult. But I think the what's definitely been what's definitely clear is that all the legislation that seems to get proposed to 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 kind of mitigate these um the mental health issues always seems to be it always seems to miss. It's always they always say you know there's like a forty eight hour waiting period or you can't purchase x many 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 guns in this period of time. This kind of thing, and none of them seem to have any kind of real like objectives to actually solve the real world problems that we you know we actually face with regards to you know mass shootings and that kind of um violent crime you know and another thing that we don't really talk about a lot is that I, i'm gonna lean in the mic and say this a, a little bit better because i want this to be clear uh murder is already a crime just for anybody listening that may not have known that <laughs> okay murder is a crime. It's already on the books. It's against the law. You just can't casually going around killing people just because you feel like it. So do we really believe that some somebody as evil, as disgusting, as nefarious as a person that would kill somebody unjustly without a cause? Do we really think they give a crap about a background check? Yeah. Really? Or a magazine really? ban? Or a magazine ban? All right, we're talking with Rhonda Mary. She's a gun rights activist out of Mississippi, and she's also a YouTuber. We're talking about gun rights. We're talking about no-knock race, constitutional carry, gun-related homicides, talking about the Uber driver, talking about Houston, Texas. This is Michael Cargill, and you are listening to Come and Talk It. Yo, what's going on, guys? It's Chad Jones here, and I get my gun news from Michael Cargill on Come and Talk It. Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now here's Michael Cargill. Hello, friends and neighbors in Mason and surrounding counties. Attention, be a victor, not a victim. We will be having a beginner's concealed handgun class this coming Wednesday, October 26th, at Keller's Riverside Store on the beautiful Llano River. Classes start at 8.30 a.m. This is an all-day event. We will attempt to teach you all the necessary information you need to obtain your CHL and hopefully when you can use your weapon to defend yourself if the need arises. We also will give you your handgun proficiency test as needed to get your license. The cost for the course is $100. We accept cash, check, credit cards, gold and silver, and used guns. For information or to sign up, call Crockett Keller, 325-347-0055. If you are a socialist liberal and or voted for the current campaigner-in-chief, please do not take this class. You have already proven that you cannot make a knowledgeable and prudent decision as required under the law. Also, if you are a non-Christian Arab or Muslim, I will not teach you the class. Once again, Again, with no shame, I am Crockett Keller, 325-347-0055. Thank you, and God bless America. Okay. okay. <laughs> I love that guy. No, no, no. You cannot do that. You cannot do that. Okay? So it, it's as a business, as a business, you can you can do that. You can say I'm not going to teach to you know some people who's this religion all that kind of stuff. You can actually do that, but is that really the right thing to do? Yes. Should you really discriminate against someone because of their religion? Okay. As someone who's grown up in Europe, we actually have a law against that. As someone who's grown, okay, <laughs> by the way, by regard, the way, regardless of whether law, I'm just going to say this. As someone who's grown up in Europe, um, 
I, I definitely, somebody who's grown up in Europe, I think that Islam uh, poses a massive threat to Western society. So, no, 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 I, no, no. I, I, okay, this guy, I'm in full, full in his. I, I Let's look at the fully. population. I want you to Google this because we're going to come back to Go this. On. I want you to Google how many Muslims we have in, in the world, Too many. how many Catholics do we have in the world, how many Christians do we have in the world. I want you to Google that. I think I think. And give me some numbers. Okay. Muslims are 1.8 billion. Okay. There you go. They're the biggest religion, right? And then? Catholics. Um, let's see. What do you think it is, Mike? I don't know. I, I think Christ- there are more Christians than anything. There are 1.3 billion Catholics. And there are 2.3 billion Christians. Oh, so more Christians than anything. <laughs> yep. Well, what's your point? Point, I know what the point you're getting at, but go on, make, make the point. The point is, people, that you cannot discriminate against someone who, just because of their religion, yeah. and by the way, there are a lot fewer Muslims in this country than there are Christians, and Christians are probably responsible for more murders and killings than anyone. Yeah, but so like, my, my, if anyone's going to discriminate against someone, they're my, probably going to discriminate you my, against my, you because you're a Christian. My, my, my way of rationalizing is, I say this, I say, look, not all terrorists are Muslim, but all terrorists, not, yeah, not all terrorists are Muslim, no, no, sorry. Not all, <laughs> not all Muslims are terrorists, uh-huh. but all terrorists are Muslim. Uh. That's 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 sorry. And I'm saying I'm I'm from Europe. If, again, and the, the phone number, you, you, your phone number is five one two six four three five four eight. But you know, you to, but I'm from Europe, and I know better than you. But you know, if you really look at the texts, okay, the the Book of Islam is it is uh, quite violent, and they. They speak of doing violence upon the non-believers, whereas the, the Book of Islam the is Christian the Bible. Bible. No, the Bible, Jesus, which overwrites the Old Testament. Mm-hmm. Jesus says, "Turn the other cheek." Mm-hmm. A better, right? a better way to rationalize it is this, right? Is take ISIS, right? So imagine you live in Iraq and you are a family man and you you just live in Iraq. You're an Iraqi citizen, right? Now imagine. You've just got rid of Saddam and all of the bad stuff that he did. And you have ISIS roll up the next mm-hmm. day, right? Mm-hmm. The Middle East just welcomed ISIS in. They said, yeah, just get the flag up. We'll support you. We'll come fight with you as well, right? So doesn't it say something about their culture that when ISIS mm-hmm. starts throwing gays off buildings mm-hmm. and making women wear hijabs and beheading people and burning people and all this stuff, they said, oh, this is brilliant. And it's because what do you say about what do you say to the you know people like the KKK who do everything yeah, no, in the in the name of God and religion and mm-hmm, burn a mm-hmm. cross in someone's front yeah, yard? Yeah. So the, the way I can differentiate it is this: uh-huh. is that is that in, in, in it, the scriptures of Islam mm-hmm. does is very explicit about violence towards non um, between non-believers, right? Mm-hmm. Whereas under Christianity, in, in Christianity, and I'm it's 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 of the of the belief that everyone is made in the image of god and has the ability to uh, redeem themselves mm-hmm. whereas under islam it's very much not like that you're either a believer or you're a non-believer if you're a non-believer then you have absolutely no rights and if you're a woman you're slightly above that and if you're a man you're at the top if you it's, are a true christian yes. it is not right to discriminate against someone because of their religion that is not a cr- true christian uh like i said like uh, i said like uh, uh, the uh, difference between uh, me and you is you haven't you haven't lived in europe and look, what we can do oh, is we, so in Europe no, is different. That doesn't no, make it different. It, it absolutely does. Like look, if you want to fast Cause, forward, because in Europe they're a bunch when, of haters. No, no, no. When you when you have when you have people being ran over in the street, like I walked down London mm-hmm. Bridge the day after there was a terrorist attack there, mm-hmm. and I literally saw the blood on the pavement. There was like a line where they just gone with like a, a pressure washer and just pressure wash the blood. Maybe off the because streets, you guys right? are mistreating the Muslim community in Europe. 
In what way? Because you're Europeans and you tend to be nasty. Absolutely not. The, the Muslims are the ones who don't want to assimilate in Europe. Like, go, go to France, for example. There's whole, there's whole cities. In fact, most of East London is, is pretty much a no-go zone. Right. Well, because probably because you're the way you're treating people. No, no, in the UK, absolutely not. Like, I, 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 you have to understand. I was a liberal. Like when I came to London, I was very much a liberal. Like, oh, we're all we're all one, and 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 all this kind of stuff for all of a year. For yeah, for all of a year, and then I came face to face, and I was like, these guys are absolutely crazy. Mm -hmm. All right, all right. This so conversation, can I can I add? Oh, right please do, please do. <laughs> Provide some levity. This, this conversation sounds is absolutely ridiculous. As somebody trying to blame all mass shootings on gun owners, elaborate. It sounds completely. It sounds completely no, no, no. ridiculous. Uh, so I'll let you have I'll let you have your piece, but I will quickly differentiate the difference. There is that in one thing we're talking about a religion which has scripture, which has been which has been around for fourteen hundred years. And another one is just the social phenomenon, which pretty much only started after Columbine. So perhaps you could elaborate on your position and probably just flesh the argument out because I don't agree with that whatsoever. The same way gun owners be like, oh, if gun owners were perpetuating all these crimes, well, it's millions of gun owners. So mm -hmm. there would be tons of more deaths. Mm -hmm. It's the same exact thing. It's no different. All This idea that all Muslims, like, how can we sit here and say all gun owners are not violent people and then turn around and say, oh, but people from all this religion look, are like my just, guess, let, let me my clarify. Guess. I didn't say that. I said not, not all Muslims are terrorists. I don't believe that all Muslims are terrorists. Right? All, you said all terrorists are Muslims. All terrorists are Muslim, yeah. By and large, by and large, like if, if you look, if you like, look, let's take the pulse shooting. We had what 150 people done the pulse shooting, mm -hmm. and you had, and then we got 9/11 as well. It's another 3k there. Las Vegas. Yeah, no, but like my point is, if you get all of the deaths, if you get all the deaths, and you compare Islamic terror, especially mm -hmm. Islamic terror around the world, there's there's an Islamic terrorist attack every single Timothy day. Movie. No, but like there's no, an Islamic there's an Islamic so, there's a, there's an Islamic terror. Go on right now. Go on mm -hmm. the religionofpeace.org. And it lists it is a it lists since nine eleven of every terrorist or terrorist attack that's been executed by Muslims, right? Yeah, not every Muslim is a terrorist or a bad person. Correct. But the Book of Islam promotes these things. Even if the people don't do these violent acts, I the books actually I, dis I disagree. No, uh -uh. I disagree. It's written in scripture, so I don't know what you're gonna disagree with. <laughs> An easy way to think about it like this is so this is where you can rationalize it. And this is the way I can off this is why I try and get like liberals on side. I say this, right? If you imagine we have three islands, right? And we give one island like the, the Bible, and we give one island like the polycanon, and we give one um we give one island the Quran, right? And we put like, you know, hundred people on each island and we come back in ten thousand years, right? Mm -hmm. If the Christian island was living like ISIS, we go, hey, something's gone wrong here, right? Like, th that we can't really draw parallels between the Bible and the outcome of ISIS. Mm -hmm. Whereas under Islam, it's very, very plausible. You can go, okay, if this island just turned into 10,000 years later, they have ISIS on the island because, you know, they, they're, you know, they're oppressing women, killing gays, you know, list all the stuff that you, ISIS do. You, you, sound, you sound just as bad as a white liberal that does not want black people to have guns because they'll be like, oh, well, they commit the most crimes, so none of them should have guns because, I well, mean, 13% uh, I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that, but like, let's be honest. Like, black, pe black people occupy 13% of the population, and we, we're well over half the murders. Let so her, I'm, not, I'm not agreeing with that statement whatsoever. Well, I am let, saying let, that let, let, her, let her finish. Let her finish. So now would you say, well, no, no. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't teach a black person how to arm themselves because those black folks, they kill each other. Why would I? Why no. would I do that? Why would I? Well, no I mean, black in, in Chicago, that might actually be a wise shout, to be honest with you. I mean, I know I don't I, I hate to be like like controversial, but that's probably a wise shout in certain parts of America. Um, but again, when it comes Rhonda, to get him, Rhonda, get him, Rhonda. It's probably 
probably a, it's probably a what? I couldn't understand what you I said, said. I said it's pro. I said <laughs> I, I was making a humorous joke, but I, I was just saying that you saying that not not teaching certain people um to use firearms. I said like you know in Chicago that probably would be a wise shout. I mean. Like like I said before, like, homicides in homicides in America, the black people occupy thirteen percent of the population, but we exceed fifty percent of all homicides. And this, so and this is a type the, of. I know I'm not I'm not drawing a conclusion saying we need to ban black people from access to firearms. But I'm saying that is a clearly a problem, and you met you raised that argument in wait or in your rebuttal to me. So I'm saying that you know it, it, there I is clear it, a discrepancy. I think, sounds, I think it sounds ridiculous. You cannot blame an entire population of people or even a, mm -hmm. a ledge that an entire population of people, I don't care whether we're talking about religion, skin color, gun ownership, no. I don't care what demographic we're talking about. You cannot blame an entire demographic. You can with religion. Yes, you can with religion. Religion is different to ethnicity. I'm well, not saying well, we're, we are not. No, it's still a demographic of people. You're trying to you're trying to pick and choose. No, I'm saying. And uh, no, what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, 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 go ahead and read a Quran. Go and read a Quran. And then we'll have this discussion again next week. Come back next week. Just have a quick skim read, and then next week we'll have this chat again. How, how about that? Well, it's not the the people who are Muslim that are the problem. It is the book that they follow. Most of the people who are of the Islamic faith do not take to heart that scripture and those agree. parts that say you know cut the heads off the infidel they realize hey that's some stuff that i'm not willing to do but the book clearly states these things and the people so who... we don't have genocide and no, rape no and no no, 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 no. You, you, they're being they're being hypocritical let me tell you why because they that's are. they they, they both are. they both carry guns and so if something happens they they have no problems in pulling out their gun defend themselves and cutting off the head of the infidel yeah i wish no i'm not going to cut somebody's head off because they're a different religion but if they try and hurt me or the people that i love then yeah you know i i'm not so much like jesus that i can turn the other cheek and, and watch the people i love get you know, killed. raped or murdered. But I'd expect a Muslim or... to have the same standards as you. If it, like, if, if if a white person was attacking a Muslim family, a hundred percent he should use his, yeah. his firearms rights to defend his family. hundred percent. Sure. Yep. But we can't deny that scripture is scripture. <laughs> yeah, there's a book that these people who follow the faith follow, and this book has some heinous stuff in it. All right, we're talking to Rhonda Merrick, gun rights activist. When we come back from the break, we're going to talk about uh, Jen Psaki says Biden will sign a gun control executive order. Going to talk about the Secret Service inserted itself into a case of Hunter Biden's gun. We're going to talk about Biden administration urges Supreme Court to let cops enter homes and seize guns without a warrant. We're also going to talk about a gunman ambushes a National Guard vaccine convoy in Texas. This is Michael Cargill, and you are listening to Come and Talk It. This is Brittany Glaze, and I get my global gun news from Michael Cargill on Come and Talk It. Talk 13.7, the right choice. Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now here's Michael Cargill. All right, so we're back and we're talking about, let's see, uh, Jen Psaki uh, says Joe Biden will sign a gun control executive order. And so let's read and see what this is all about. So basically the White House press secretary, Jen Psaki, on Friday confirmed that President Biden intends to sign executive orders on gun control. 
Sokka replied yes to a journalist's question about whether reporters should be expecting executive orders from the president on gun measures. But she said the timing was unclear due to a review process. When the president was the vice president in the Obama-Biden administration, he helped put in place 23 executive order, I'm sorry, executive actions to combat gun violence. It's one of the levers that we can use, Saki said at her daily press briefing. The new gun control push by Democrats followed the murders on Monday of 10 people at Boulder, Colorado, a grocery store last week. A gunman killed eight at Atlanta-area massage parlors. And the White House is considering orders to require background checks for ghost guns that can be manufactured at home without serial numbers and a requirement that local cops be notified if someone falls on FBI background check to buy a gun from a registered dealer, according to recent reports. And you say we should just we should pass all these bills. Yeah. So pre- to prefix, preface this, I am we're the, most, a, we're I'm the and, most and, hardcore. And Rhonda, by the way, we're, we're, Rhonda, we're going to slap him around somewhere. So I'm the most hardcore gun supporter in the world, but the problem I find with like in America is that you actually don't have gun rights anymore. You you just you just have access to guns. You don't have any gun rights. You've lost those. You lost them a long, long time ago. To be honest, you lost it in the 30s when you gave up your automatic weapons. So my view now is like let's just say let's just pass it. Let's just pass all this legislation and then just see where the chips fall. Because I'm not going to hand my gun in. If they ban AR-15s, I'm not going to hand my gun to anybody. I'll sit on my porch with my AR with a set of green tips in there and my level four armor. And the police want to come and take it, they can eat lead. Um, I mean, and, no, and some tells me he will do this. No, I've already done it once before, and I'm more than happy to do it again. Um, and I think that's the way we actually go about getting our gun rights back now. Is we just say, okay, fine, pass all the laws you want, and then we'll just cross all the bridges that we need to cross when we when we need to. Do you know what I mean, Rhonda? Uh, <laughs> Rhonda's like, I don't even know what to say to that. <laughs> I don't know where to go from there. I have a little bit of hope, you know. I have a little bit of hope Why? that maybe. Why? I I think I think the last little bit of hope I have is that you did have people that were willing to just not on the basis of exactly what was going on and what the reason was for, but that you had people that were willing to go down to the Capitol mm. on January 6th. Also, I do believe that there's this bubbling up of people being frustrated because of the, the havoc and the chaos mm. that, that the, uh, the um, lockdowns caused. There's just this news that came out that Biden is um, uh, thinking about doing like vaccine passports and stuff like that. So I think we're getting to a breaking, like a breaking point where it's, I think we're at that last, we're right before we go over the hump of if we know if people really going to be about it or not about it. Mm-hmm. But I've already made up my, I'm like, literally I have on my shirt. This is my, my shirt, y'all. It says anti-status on here. I'm, I'm already to the point where I- Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> we have so many common then, huh? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, I've already made up my mind that I'm not turning up in, in anything. But we're now really going to see, for all the blue thin liners, we're really going to see where y'all friends lay on these issues when it comes to if these police are going to enforce this unconstitutional BS. Yeah. We saw a lot of them enforcing and roughing up people for not wearing masks. So, well, I, mean- I think we're like, right before we start going over the hump of which way this is going to go. Yeah, I mean, nothing irritates me more than driving. Like, this is why I stopped supporting Trump was because I would drive around on the highway and I'd see all these guys in their big-ass trucks and they would have a Trump flag 
and they'd have a don't tread on me flag and then under that they'd have a thin blue line flag and it's like right. it's like pick one right. you know what i mean pick a right. side you mean you can't have all of them just because they annoy liberals doesn't mean you should have it on your truck exactly and i think exactly. and it's, it's those people who who are responsible for our lack of gun rights it's like those kind of guys who drive big trucks and have beards they love LARPing with a Hawaiian shirt and their body armor outside the Capitol, but none of them are really prepared to die for their Second Amendment rights. <laughs> Anthony, did you just say that uh, you shouldn't put on bumper stickers that purposely trigger, trigger liberals? Like, <laughs> don't you have a few on there? So, so I do, I do, I do. But like I said, I, I'm prepared to stand by all those things, okay? I haven't got like five different ones on there trying to pr- 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 like appease different groups. I have my stickers and they, they know what they mean. The cops know what, who I am when they follow behind me. Uh, okay, let's let's change gears a little bit. Let's talk about uh, the Secret Service. So Secret Service inserted itself into the case of Hunter Biden's gun. So on October 23rd, 2018, President Joe Biden's son Hunter and daughter-in-law Haley were involved in a bizarre incident in which Haley took Hunter's gun and threw it in a trash can behind a grocery store, only to return later to find it gone. Well, Delaware police began investigating concern that the trash can was across from a high school and that the missing gun could be used in a crime. So according to law enforcement officials and, and a copy of the police report obtained by Politico. So basically, but a, 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 a curious thing happened at the time. So Secret Service agents approached the owner of the store where Hunter bought the gun and asked to take the paperwork involving the sale, according to two people, one of whom has firsthand knowledge of the episode and the other was briefed by a Secret Service agent after the fact. The gun store owner refused to supply the paperwork, suspecting that the Secret Service officers wanted to hide Hunter's ownership of the missing gun in case it were to be involved in a crime. The two people said the owner, Ron Palmieri, later turned over the papers to the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearms, Explosive, which oversees federal gun laws. The Secret Service says it has no record of his agents investigating the incident and Joe Biden and was not under protection at the time said through a spokesperson who has no knowledge of any Secret Service involvement. $20 says that gun store is going to be dead by the end of the year. <laughs> Son of a... Su- suicide. He's going to have two bullets in the back of his head, guaranteed. Don't say that. Come on, that's how they deal with them. Come on, we, know, we know what the, the Clinton body count is. Right. <laughs> the Bidens aren't far behind. All right, real quick. So Biden administration urges Supreme Court to let cops enter in enter homes and seize guns without a warrant. What do you think about that? So the U.S. Supreme Court on Wednesday will hear oral arguments... In a case of Canali and Strom, a case that could have sweeping consequences for policing, due process, and mental health with the Biden administration and attorneys general for nine states urging the high court to uphold warrantless gun confiscation. But what would ultimately become a major Fourth Amendment case began with an elderly couple's spat over a coffee mug. That's dangerous. That's real dangerous. Yeah. Warrantless gun confiscation. I mean... You're hitting a, a couple of the amendments in the Bill of Rights at the same time, right? Second and right. fourth. But isn't this evidence to like kind of back up my like rather extreme view? Is that like we're kind of already at the end game now? Like the fact that this is actually being like openly discussed. Like, well, if, we're if, close. If we were in 20 years and this was we're talking about this in the 80s, this would be considered crazy. Go ahead, Rhonda. What you got? It is super surprising that people are discussing this openly after people spent all of 2020 rioting and protesting on the behalf of people like Breonna Taylor. This type of legislation will result in a lot more of those type of situations where we saw that we saw. And not only that, 
but the people in the inner cities are going to get the worst of this. They're, they're going to get the worst brunt of this, where we're not as reliant on the sheriffs, where you have a larger police presence, right? Where you possibly, I don't know the stats, but where you may have more uh, a drug activity or the, the movement of drugs. Um, and so that's where they're going to go first. To me, it's looking real second crime billish. You know what I mean? It looks like another example of Joe Biden's going to come in here and do his thing where he's trying to lock up, you know, more people in the inner cities. I just, and my thing is, I don't think under any circumstances a person should be locked up for gun possession. I, I just, unless that person has committed a, a robbery or a violent crime, it's no reason why for simply owning this tool, having it on me, I haven't hurt anybody, nothing's, uh, no crime, no violent act has actually been committed. It's no, you, now the state gets to kidnap me and, and you know, lock, lock the door and throw the key away right. because I had this and tool. And like how this why like why do people think that's okay? I just don't get it. And thank you, Rhonda Mary. That's Rhonda Mary, gun rights activist out of Mississippi and YouTuber. As always, more guns equals less crime. You go out there and you buy yourself a gun. You will listen to Come and Talk It with Michael Cargill. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See t -Mobile .com.